Floodworks started a journey to improve platelet transfusions here locally. And part of that was driven by the Food and Drug Administration and some changes they were making. And some of it was driven internally by things we wanted to accomplish. So we got our medical group, our quality group, our operational groups together, and we decided we want to go 100% platelet-pheresis. So it was a big journey because, uh, gosh, at least half of the platelets that we had came from whole blood. So it was a, a very, very, very big lift for us. But what really drove us to do this was the FDA guidance that came out for the enhanced bacterial testing. Hi, I'm Helen Pitlick, and this is Bloodworks 101, the podcast that inspires you to give time, money, or blood. We used to say that you can save three lives with each donation because whole blood can be divided into red cells, platelets, and plasma. This just isn't the case anymore, and that's actually a good thing for local patients and nonprofit blood centers like Bloodworks. That's because we now collect 100% of our platelets from apheresis. The voices you heard in the introduction are Vicki Finson and Russ Juntinen. Vicki is our Executive Vice President of Blood Services, overseeing the entire journey of your blood from donation to delivery to the hospital. Russ is Director of Product Manufacturing and Control, the lab that processes your donations for patient use. The story I have for you today, or more like Vicki and Russ have for you today, is one that was many years in the making and changed the core of how we collect and process blood. It's about a federal requirement to better serve local patients, something called enhanced bacterial testing. But before we could get there, we had to grow our platelet donor base. Here's Vicki and Russ. Platelets are those cells that help stop bleeding, and they are transfused to lots of different kinds of patients. Bloodworks traditionally have prepared two kinds of platelets, one is made from whole blood donations, which is by far the most common blood donation, where we get most of the red blood cells that we transfuse, which is the most commonly transfused blood component. And we made platelets and plasma products from that as well. And we also collected platelets via apheresis. Apheresis is where we use an instrument, we put a sterile one-time use only kit in it, and your whole blood goes in there, and during that hour and a half process, we collect only the platelets and give the donor back everything else so they get their red cells back. Well, whole blood-derived platelets, those platelets had to be pooled, so you had to take platelets from six different whole blood donations and pool them into one dose. Differing opinions about if they are as effective as platelet pheresis, if they are quite as safe versus when you get an apheresis platelet, you just get platelets from one donor and not six donors. The FDA has monitored platelet transfusions for the last several decades. So the FDA is the Food and Drug Administration and they regulate all of pharma here in this country and blood is considered part of that, so all biologics as well. And they have regulations and they're in the code of federal regulations and they're there to keep the donor safe, the patient safe, make sure that what we prepare helps the patient and to keep our staff safe too. 
So the FDA is a very important leader in good transfusion medicine for us in this country. And we here at Bloodworks, like the rest of blood centers and the Food and Drug Administration, do everything we can to make everything as safe as we can. So the FDA had been looking at platelets for a long time and had slowly changed their guidance. And those are regulations that we need to comply with. So one of the upcoming guidances was changing how we tested those platelets. We were already testing them for bacterial contamination, but changing how we did it to make it even better testing. Platelets are stored at room temperature, unlike any other blood component. And there's a possibility that they can be bacterially contaminated. Now, that is a very, 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 very small risk, but it's still a risk. Because platelets are stored at room temperature, uh, it's the perfect environment for the bacteria to grow. So because of that, we've always done bacterial testing for many, many, many years on the platelets, be it apheresis platelets or whole blood platelets. And the form we do is culture testing, where um, we obtain a sample from the product, inoculate a culture bottle, and then incubate that culture bottle for the shelf life of the product. And it's continuously monitoring for any bacterial growth. And then it also was going to really complicate if you made pooled platelets, if you made those platelets from whole blood. It didn't make sense to continue to do the pre-storage whole blood platelets because they did not have a storage bag approved for seven days. They were limited to a five-day storage. And with the new bacterial enhancement guidelines, you had to wait 36 hours before you could uh, sample the unit and hold it for another 12 hours. So you were three days in before you could even ship it out. So you had virtually very little shelf time to use the product. With uh, an apheresis platelet, we had a seven-day shelf life. Um, so we had much more time to actually make a usable product from the apheresis. So we got our medical group, our quality group, our operational groups together, and we decided we want to go 100% platelet-pheresis. We want to do that because with this new guidance document, it's going to be better and easier and more effective for us. But we also did it because we felt that those were the best platelets for a lot of different reasons. And I really advocated for that uh, here. You know, just because we'd always made whole blood platelets doesn't mean we always should keep making whole blood platelets. So it was a big journey because, uh, gosh, uh, at least half of the platelets that we had came from whole blood. We were probably one of the remaining very, very large whole blood platelet producers uh, in the nation. And the reason we did that uh, was because we didn't have the donor base to support our platelet needs with apheresis alone. What really drove us to do this was the FDA guidance that came out for the enhanced bacterial testing. At our peak, we were providing about 30 to 35 doses a day. To convert all of those to apheresis collections, if we averaged two doses per collection, then we're talking 15 to 17 collections a day that they needed to increase to meet that need. And each collection is going to be at least two hours. So we're talking almost a week's worth of time every day to transition us to 100% apheresis platelets. So that's where the really, really big lift was.
So it was a very complex project. It involved people from lots of different departments, including how we talk to our donors, how we talk to our customers and hospitals, and they had to be prepared. It was whole new computer setups, both for us and our customers. We had to think about recruiting more donors. We had to think about the instruments that we use, the apheresis equipment that we use. We had to think about the staff and making sure we had enough staff trained to draw those platelet phoresis donors. We had to look at our laboratory systems, et cetera. And I'm really proud of what we did. We, we got to 100% platelet phoresis first. We started to actually reduce our, our pooling of whole blood platelets in March of 2020. Prior to that, you know, we were doing about 5,500 platelets or 1,000 pools a month. And in March of 2020, we basically cut that in half, went to 50%. And then in two months, we cut it again in uh, 50%. And then we could go to the next step, which was these new products, as required by the FDA, to be compliant with their guidance document, which went into effect the end of 2020. As you all know, the end of 2020, we were in the pandemic. And actually, the FDA guidance document was supposed to implement earlier, and they delayed it uh, because they knew that people were dealing with the pandemic at the same time. But they did the right thing, I believe, the FDA. I feel really confident about the viability of our platelets and the safety of our platelets. In the end of 2020, we implemented the requirements by the FDA, which changed how we tested those platelets to ensure that there was a low, low risk of bacterial contamination. Moving to 100% apheresis, the bigger project for us was the second phase of this, and that is uh, the enhanced bacterial testing the uh, large volume delayed sampling for the FDA guidance, which we did eight or nine months after we made this transition. I think you can all imagine that there's a lot of labor involved also in preparing blood components. And so if you're taking whole blood, making it into different products, and then pooling those products, it's a lot of time, a lot of extra steps, etc. From Russ's perspective, the move to 100% apheresis platelets actually saves time for his lab. Making platelets from whole blood was a 10-step, time-consuming process, and now the apheresis machine does most of this work for us. That process went away when we no longer produced whole blood platelets. We basically have one centrifugation parameter today as opposed to two, and it's just a hard spin. We can spin all the platelets right down in, into the red cells. We also get a cleaner plasma because we're spinning it harder. We're getting more white cells out of the plasma. Virtually, it's platelet-free. We've spun all the platelets out, so it, it's, it's a clean plasma product. It also saved us a substantial amount 
of transportation costs because the whole blood platelets were what we call a time-dependent component, meaning that we have to have the platelet-rich plasma removed from the red cell within eight hours of the collection. So it meant that no matter where they were being collected from, they had to get down here to Renton West to the processing lab uh, and give us a minimum, a minimum of an hour and a half to get that unit processed. So there was substantial transportation costs to the tune of about, on average, a thousand doses a month that we made from whole blood platelets. So that was about, you know, 5,000 to 5,500 units of whole blood that we had to transport back to the lab and have the platelets made within that seven hour time frame so that we could process them into the pre-storage pool platelets. And the other really great thing that happened we make two different kinds of processes off of our platelet phoresis right now. And one of them is seven days. So we went from all five-day platelets to about 75% of our platelets being seven days, which is great. That just gives us more time to ensure that we have them there and that they get used by patients who desperately need those transfusions. We never could have completed this transition without our incredible community of dedicated donors. This transition required the community to step up, and so many people did, to spend a little more time with us. You know, going to 100% platelet paresis requires a, a certain commitment from donors. A whole blood donation, the whole time from the time you walk in the door to the time you leave after your chocolate chip cookie is only an hour. If you come in and you do platelets, it's probably an hour and a half, two hours, maybe even a little bit more. And your donation itself can be, you know, 90 minutes. What also, though, is really cool about it is platelet donors, we can sometimes get up to three transfusions of one platelet phoresis donation. Most of our platelet phoresis donors give us at least two components and sometimes three. Some give us one, that's fine, it's good too. And it just all depends on the donor's platelet count. So platelet counts vary, all within the normal range. You know, we all are, have a little different blood counts and platelet phoresis donors can actually donate 24 times a year if they'd like to. And they can do that because they get their red blood cells back. I know a lot of blood centers throughout the country talk about donate blood, save three lives. And that's, that's kind of a standard mantra, if you will. And it's not really accurate pretty much anywhere because very few people make platelets out of whole blood anymore. So I think it's one of those things that people just say. And I would say it doesn't matter if it's one life, two lives, or three lives, because a life is a life. My gosh. You donate blood, you know you're gonna save at least one person's life. Often, if you donate whole blood, you're saving two because we make plasma components. And if you donate platelet phoresis, you're saving one, two, or three. And that's pretty amazing. A, a transfusion recipient told me this once. He, he was speaking at one of my staff meetings and it has always resonated with me. He was a young man, he'd been in a motorcycle accident. He was exsanguinating on the roadside happened that a physician was driving behind him and saved him. And then he got multiple transfusions, red blood cells, plasma, and platelets. And when he came to thank the staff, he said, 
More importantly than the fact that you saved my life, you saved the lives of my family. My mom and my dad are so grateful. So you save more than one life. So if you want to say you save three lives, you're probably saving 30 lives. And actually, some whole blood donations do still get processed into three components, including one that you may not have heard about, but is very important. We only have one time-dependent component that we produce today, and that's our cryoprecipitated factor eight. It's one of the clotting factors. It's used in surgery as a fibrin glue, and it's also used in trauma cases um, to help control the bleeding. So basically what, what the cryo is, the cryoprecipitate is, it's a fresh frozen plasma. It's a plasma that's removed and frozen within eight hours of collection. Um, and then it's further processed. However, that's only about 28 to 30% max of all of our collections. So we can easily meet that with just the, the core centers getting to us uh, in a time-dependent de fashion. And the end of that process, we end up with two products. We end up with the, with the cryo, and then we end up with a cryo-reduced plasma. The cryo-reduced plasma um, can be either transfusable plasma or it can be uh, sold as uh, recovered plasma for further manufacture. And there are a few additional benefits for local patients. When we made platelets, because we didn't spin it as hard, um, there was more plasma left on the red cells. So when we put the preservative on the red cell, it brought the hematocrit the percentage of, of red cells to the total volume down around, you know, I mean, we could see it as low as 52, 53%. Now that we're not making platelets, we give it a much harder spin so the, the cells are packed much harder, there's less plasma in there. So the hematocrit is actually a little bit higher, meaning the percentage of red cells, of total volume in the red cell is higher than it was when we were making platelets. thank all of our donors. Whole blood donors, again, red blood cells come from whole blood. Red blood cells are those cells that carry oxygen throughout your body, and they are the most commonly transfused blood component. Second most common is platelets. And platelets from platelophoresis, I think, are the best product for patients. And we use so many of them every single day so I'd just like to really thank our wonderful, dedicated platelet donors, who many of who donate many times a year. They become part of the Bloodworks family, and it's always great to see them. And I know that they feel just such a sense of joy for how they help their community every time that they, they donate. And they get an extra cookie too, right? <laughs> for their extra time. So if you've never donated platelets, Give it a try. Platelets are a great donation option for the positive blood types. A positive, B positive, O positive, AB positive. They do take a little longer than a whole blood donation, but our staff makes the experience a pleasant one. I know this because I'm a platelet donor. If you're curious, ask for a platelet count at your next whole blood donation. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And hey, if you've got a minute, maybe while you're donating platelets, 
Hop on over to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. It will help us reach more listeners to save more lives. 